All right, welcome into episode eight of Sam and Gabby's Fantasy Football Show. It's week seven in the NFL, and this is definitely a special special show for yours truly, Samuel Bigelow, along with my co-host, Gabby Mozipo. Gabby, do you know why it's such a special show this week? Is it because of the bifoon? The bifoon is, is, is crazy. And I guess that does make the show special, but I think you know there's something a little bit more special about this show. Uh, last week, me and Gabby played in our main league, and it, it was a it was a tight one. It was tight one all the way down to Monday night, and I came away with the victory off a monster Stefan Diggs performance, his biggest of the year. Uh, tough, tough to tough for Gabby because you know he doesn't have Kamara this week, but you know Cooper Cup uh, did enough for the both of them, and I still was able to pull out the win. So that's a big, big time achievement for the show. Uh, we, we, I know that the listeners out there were probably rooting for me. So I uh, just wanted to let you guys know that I uh, pulled this one out for you guys. Uh, Gabby, do you, do you care to comment? Um, since I didn't have Kamara, I didn't really feel bad about this one. We kind of take this one when we look at the schedule at the beginning of the year. You don't have Kamara. You don't have Kelsey. Those are games that if you're able to win, then... you had you had Kelsey. Yeah, but I'm saying like in games where you don't have Kamara or like a guy like Kelsey or now a guy like Cup, like if I don't have any of those three guys, um, I don't really have the strongest chance of winning. So, but there's no there's no point of looking down, back at the future, uh, the past. Now let's let's keep moving forward. Now I'm looking looking on to week eight now. Oh, or week seven, actually. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things that we can get into. What about Saquon Barkley, for instance? Saquon Barkley. Yeah, there are a lot of things going on this week to get into. Uh, I wish we could be looking ahead to week eight. Um, there's a lot of un- unfun things going on. Uh, Saquon Barkley does have a little bit of positive chatter around him, though. Uh, people are starting to think that he may be able to return this week. I would throw cold water on that take, to be honest. I don't think he'll be playing this week. Seems like every platform out there is projecting that he does play, at least in a limited fashion. That doesn't seem to be the case, in my opinion. He didn't practice, at least as of today, Wednesday, October 20th, when we were recording this show. So, in my opinion, he's unlikely to play. And if he does, I wouldn't be rushing out there to play him. Yeah, he would be limited. I mean, it is the Bifoon. So, you know, basically anybody who is out there is kind of worth playing. But you know, if, if possible, I'm definitely avoiding uh, Saquon Barkley if he does play, but I don't expect him to. Next week might be the first week that I think you maybe see him out there, but we'll, uh, we'll know more as the week goes on, but I would not expect him to play. So hold on to, the, uh, to Booker there, and uh, he should still be the starter, even if Saquon plays. Our next guy, Damian Williams, the Chicago running back, who is going to have his time in the spotlight. It's kind of been stolen by Khalil Herbert because Damian Williams is still on the COVID list. It's a situation to monitor. Um, so he's going to need to pass all NFL protocols to be able to play this Sunday. So likely going to need two positive tests uh, 24 within 24 hours of each other. So, or negative tests, excuse me. So Damian Williams looks unlikely to play this week, but keep an eye on that situation. Khalil Herbert, he impressed last week. So I'd expect to see him out there. And if he's out there, Still should do well, even though they've got a tough matchup 
I believe they're playing Tampa Bay this week. Correct me if I'm wrong. Nope, that is correct. But uh, even against Tampa Bay, I would expect Khalil Herbert to be leaned on and at least be fantasy relevant, especially, again, during the buffoon. So next guy on the list here, we got a shin injury for Antonio Gibson. He's been dealing with it for a few weeks already, so, you know, he, he may play through it. He didn't practice today. J.D. McKissick would be the guy that I'd expect to get the vast majority of the work uh, versus Green Bay this week. If Even if uh, Antonio Gibson doesn't play, I expect J.D. McKissick to be relevant. But if for some reason Antonio Gibson is out, I would expect J.D. McKissick to have a fairly, fairly good week, be one of the better running backs that you could play this week. Um, there is also Jarrett Patterson, who would be – he could be a value pickup in some deep leagues, in my opinion. I don't expect him to get much work against Green Bay, especially because I would imagine that Washington will be down. They'll probably have to pass. And the passing back is J.D. McKissick. Uh, he's been getting about 40% of the snaps, even with without uh, with with Antonio Gibson there. So I'd expect J.D. McKissick to get the vast majority of the work if uh, Antonio Gibson is down or even if he's just limited. But, Gabby, do you see Patterson getting more work, or would you imagine J.D. McKissick is going to – dominate the workload or at least get a larger share this week I would think McKissick <clears throat> especially with the matchup this week would be getting most of the workload they're going to get demolished here by the Packers and the, the Redskins just haven't been a good team on the offensive side or defensive side of the ball it's pretty su- surprising on the defensive side it, that might be one of the biggest even fantasy surprises of the year the Washington defense that's the whole we thought they were going to be a top five defense especially with that defensive line and they just haven't been able to perform up to par. So I definitely think that it's going to be a game where they're going to have to keep up and keep scoring with Aaron Rodgers. So J.D. McKissick is definitely the back to own here. I think he's definitely an RB2 play this week, especially with the Bifoon having so many teams out and so many key running backs out. I love Bifoon. Uh, anyways, uh, J.D. McKissick, this week with the Bifoon going on, he's instead of my regular best of the rest starts of the week, this is going to be uh, desperation starts the week is what I'm going to have this week. And they're all going to be people who are rostered in less than 50, 55% of ESPN leagues. Uh, so JD McKissick is one of those people. He is 54% rostered, but he is the guy that I would expect to be a guy that you might be able to find in most leagues on the waiver wire, even still today after most waiver wires have run. So JD McKissick, I think is a great, great pickup and a great play this week. Um, even if Antonio Gibson is there. Um, Moving on to our next update here, we got just a Browns update. This one's tough for me to give. I'm a Browns fan, and, you know, it looks like both tackles could be out again, um, both of our starting tackles, so that's just going to hurt the offense in general. Uh, Kareem Hunt, he's got a calf injury. You saw him go out in the third quarter, and by the way, Kareem Hunt was on my team this week against Gabby, so – he was limited, so, you know, we, we overcame some adversity as well. It wasn't just Gabby with Kamara there, but Kareem Hunt, he's got a calf injury on IR out at least three weeks, but looks like it could be at least a month or more, so he'll be out for a while. That's pretty unfortunate for any Kareem Hunt owner out there. Nick Chubb, he's already been ruled out for this week. He has a calf injury, but it sounds like he's trending towards playing uh, the next time the Browns take the field, so I would expect – this will hopefully be his last week out, um, barring further injury. So that's somewhat good news for Chubb, even though he won't be playing this week. 
Uh, Baker Mayfield, he's also going to be out this week, so a downgrade on pretty much all all options in Cleveland this week, um, as well as all the other injuries, you know. But Baker Mayfield, he's got a shoulder injury. Um, we all knew he had one, and it, it got worse this past week, and he could potentially play week eight. Uh, he could potentially be back, but he is out this week. He's been confirmed, so it'll be Case Keenum this week for the Browns. Uh, Odell Beckham, questionable. Uh, this, for Thursday night, so it's unlikely he'll be 100% if he plays, but he's trying to play through a shoulder injury. We saw him, like, they had that that shot of him, like, grimacing on the sidelines in last week, so we all saw it. You know, we know he's hurt, so not 100% if he does play. It's unclear if he will or will not suit up, so monitor that if you want to play Odell, but the only reason I would play Odell is if you're really, really, really in a tough spot um, with the Bifoon, but We'll get uh, we'll get more into that later, but Teddy Bridgewater, or what did you what you want to say? Uh, with Odell, um, I know we didn't talk about this before the show, so this might be a little bit off kilter, but I think I'm ready to say on air this week if Odell isn't able to perform up to par versus Denver, he's welcome to Dubsville officially in a ten man league. Um, he has been able to prove that he has been able to uh, perform when the situation has been up to par, not without Jarvis Landry there. He's been the guy that they needed to target in the passing game, and he just hasn't been able to perform. When your team scores 42 points and you only get uh, three targets and two catches, that says a lot about you. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is a better wide receiver than Odell Beckham Jr. right now in fantasy. It's just that's That is not true at all. That's completely untrue. Uh, Odell Beckham is going to be bad this week, highly likely. Um, so if that's what you're waiting for to know if you want to drop him, I'll clarify that for you now. He's probably going to be bad this week. He's banged up, and the entire Browns offense is probably not going to be as potent as it usually is. So I would not be uh, I would not be betting on on uh, Odell Beckham this week if you have any other options. But I do think Odell's on his way back. He's been heavily, heavily involved um, these last few weeks. I mean, last game he played, they were trying to use him as their main focal point in the offense, and he just – he ended up getting hurt and obviously can't do much after that. So he uh, he was being targeted, I think it was about eight times this last week. And, you know, he didn't, he didn't do anything crazy with it, but I love the amount of targets Odell has been getting. And I definitely think he's still worth rostering, even with all, all the, the negatives around him. So um, I have his targets here now, finally. I was looking him up here. But he got eight last week against Arizona, three the previous week. But that was tough against the Chargers. Then seven and nine the two previous weeks. So Odell is being targeted. He hasn't pulled in that many of those balls yet. But he's at least being targeted. And uh, I do think Odell's in for uh, an uptick. Maybe not this week with the injury, but – I do think Odell has brighter days ahead. Anything else you wanted to add there, Gabby? Just for context. Yeah, just for context right now. Um, if you were to guess right now um, about where Donovan Peoples-Jones was ranked, uh, would you say he's like – wide receiver below or above wide receiver 75 um well to be honest 
I have his stats pulled up, and I would say I would have guessed probably below, um, but as you know, it's above. Um, but what's your what? What are you getting at? I'm getting at that it's above Odell that's sitting currently at wide receiver 78, 76. That's not fair. Odell's yeah. missed games. Odell missed two games and he's been he's been hurt, banged up in, in the games he has played. That is that's not fair. Sam, are we we're playing fantasy football? We have to take injuries into account. We can't. Um, that's be, great. I I our, get that, but I think Odell here. is. Go ahead. The talent, the talent is there with Odell, but his inability to be on the field, and and when he's on the field, he's not producing. So what what are we waiting on? I mean, I just feel like there's way better options out here on the waiver wire right now. For example, in our ten man, the players like. I'd rather have Brandon Ayuk on my roster right now than him. I'd rather have a guy like Marquez Callaway, someone who's actually performed and I can see a consistent pathway to targets and success. Because Odell's pathway to success right now for this week is the fact that his quarterback is hurt and that maybe Case Keenum might have tunnel vision. And if that is... our way of thinking that Odell is going to be a superstar this week, that is a bad, that's a bad fantasy route for a wide receiver to be in. And that's another wide receiver I need to have a part of. So especially if he plays bad this week, again, Odell is welcome to Dubsville for me 110%. I think I had said this a little bit earlier before, but yeah, I'm out on Odell. Odell's one of my favorite wide receivers, but if you're not able to perform in these circumstances, there's no way, there's no way I can trust you in a regular game versus the Ravens or versus the Steelers here down the line when it matters. I, so. I don't I just don't really, I guess, understand why you would uh, judge him off a game where he just got banged up and his the team's O line is hurt. The quarterback is hurt. I don't think he's going to be better this week than normal. I don't think that. I think he they would try to focus their offense around him if he's healthy enough to do so. But I don't know if he is, and I don't know if they'll even have the ability to do anything on offense this week. So if you're going to judge Odell this week, I think you're going to find that he is – I think he's going to turn out to be droppable in your mind. But I think that Odell Beckham should be held on to because you, he has – he doesn't need a clear pathway to targets because he, he literally has targets. He has one game with less than seven targets. He has not pulled him in. That's been a problem. But I think a player like Odell, maybe he's been maybe he's been a little slow. He's been banged up and he's recovering from injuries. Played each of the last four games. He got hurt in the middle of the previous game against Arizona. Came back still played. So he's, he's playing through it. He's doing his best. And I think he will get more healthy. Hopefully as the season goes on, he'll recover and be a little bit stronger, get a little bit more game, game, game play under his belt and hopefully be a little bit better and maybe make some of those catches. There's not a lot of guys out there who consistently get more than seven targets. There's not a lot of guys out there and who also have the ability to take it to the house on any of those catches. So 
Odell is somebody I'm interested in. And I think the Browns offense is good. And I think this week, the only reason that Odell would have an increased shot at targets is I think it's just the lack of the other three out of four top options. There's no Jarvis. There's no no starting running back. There's no Hunt or Chubb. So I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be Odell if he's healthy, but I'm not betting on that necessarily. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add on, on, on Odell before we moved on from him? Yeah, last point on Odell there. <clears throat> I'm not judging him off of one game. I'm judging him off of three years. Uh, his best performance – as a Brown was back in 2019 when he finishes wide receiver 25. Last year he finishes wide receiver 70, 78 as in PPR format. So yeah, he's just been bad as a Brown and the connection with him and Baker just hasn't been there on a consistent basis as the name Odell Beckham Jr. would suggest and the talent would suggest. So with this sort of disappointing performance over the last two years and it's been declining there's no reason for me to think that all of a sudden Odell Beckham is going to return value to be back to a top 30 guy I there's no reason other than the fact that I saw it five years ago and that was five years ago I guess is my my stance on it and I love Odell but the last time Odell was really good like Colin Kaepernick was in the NFL. I don't think that's true. I mean, Odell has the chance to be great every week. Yeah, last year he was bad for you because he was hurt at the end of the season, and that's why he's been – that's one of the things he's been recovering – that's what he's been recovering from at the beginning of this season. So it's all kind of just from one injury this end of last season and this season. And then before that, the year before that, he was pretty mediocre, but – Baker was a young quarterback who had very little experience in the NFL. And I, I don't think you could really blame that all on Odell. I think that's kind of taking the, the circumstance, the, the, the circumstances out of the results. Uh, I think you have to consider that. I mean, if you look back on it, Odell was not super consistent, but he had weeks where he was usable for you even then that year. And he played in every single game. He played in every single game. He didn't have one game with less than 85% of the snaps. So he played in every single game in 2019. In 2020, he got this, he got injured and he's still recovering from that. So I, I do think it's a little bit, what have you done for me lately to be dropping Odell Beckham? And so I, I get it, but I, I, I think Odell Beckham's targets are worth holding on to and worth seeing if he can, he can start capitalizing on those targets. I think you could be making a huge mistake if you drop him. And I would not personally be doing that. That's for sure. But um, we should be, we should be moving on to our, our next person here, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, just an update because, you know, I think probably a lot of people are considering playing some of the the Denver options on Thursday. Teddy Bridgewater is questionable for Thursday night. It looks like he'll play. He has a foot injury, but just something to keep in mind if you are considering playing uh, some of those Denver wideouts or pass catchers or even the running backs. But Drew Locke is not much of a downgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. So, so in my opinion, uh, should be should be fine if you were going to play them with Teddy Bridgewater. 
Um, Dallas Goddard, great news for him. Zach Ertz being traded last week. Um, he should be a great tight end option moving forward. However, he is still on the reserve COVID-19 list. Um, he's vaccinated, so he'll just need two negative tests within 24 hours, um, but he still has not been activated, so he's not completed that yet. So continue to monitor that situation. You might not want to play him this week, but if he's out there and you need a tight end, you should be picking him up and holding him because it'll just likely be one more week uh, before we before we see him on the field, and he should be very good once he gets out there. Um, next guy, A.J. Brown. We saw him. I think he really uh, is really back now. I think the performance he had on, on Monday night uh, was impressive to me, um, and I'm excited as an owner of him that he's back, and I think he'll be back uh, with some big monster performances for you soon. So that's great news, although he is still seeming to recover from – his, uh, his illness, he didn't practice Wednesday. It was re reported that it was due to that illness, but he should be back um, and feeling better and hopefully uh, a little bit more recovered by, uh, by Wednesday. So look forward to that if you're a uh, A.J. Brown owner and monitor the situation just in case. Um, as far as uh, the next guy we got on the list, we got just the Seahawks running backs, just an update. Uh, Rashad Penny could be activated from IR this week. He's an interesting add with uh, uh, Chris Carson's injuries issues, injury issues. But uh, Alex Collins, he's uh, another guy who he's the guy who's been the starter there in the meantime. But he has a hip and a glute injury, so he is really questionable uh, this week. But if it's me, you don't want to you don't want to wait till Monday to find out. So I'm avoiding all uh, Seahawks running backs because unless you have an obvious pivot on Monday night, you don't want to wait to find out who is going to be the starter then, and then maybe be out of luck and have no pivot. Um, so if you have a Seahawks running back, don't play him. I probably wouldn't be playing Tyler Lockett either if I can avoid it. Um, and he did not, did not do well for you that last week. Um, and uh, Rashad Penny, interesting ad, but I wouldn't expect to start him because, you know, you don't want to wait till Monday, but uh, anything to add on that situation? Do you have anybody in particular you think is going to stand out in the Seahawks backfield, Gabby? No, I don't. I wouldn't be starting any Seahawks running backs here, especially for <clears throat> Sean Penny coming straight off the IR. I know he's expected to get most of the work, but I'm actually not scared to start Tyler Lockett. I know he had a bad performance in. He's probably going to be downgraded in most uh, matchups, but I just see this being a matchup where the Seahawks are going to have to throw the ball here more. The, the Saints are going to come out to a lead. The Saints are going to be, the defense is going to be ferocious, especially in the run game. And it's going to force Seattle to be playing from behind. And Geno Smith has didn't play well last week. Don't get me wrong, but they're going to have to change something up. And I just feel like two receptions for Tyler Lockett, it's just not enough. And yes, he got the targets. I just think those, he's going to convert more. And I, I think they're going to, it's going to more synergy because it just felt like watching that game that Gino and him were just not on the same page. So one more week in the, uh, playing together and practicing together, I feel like it, um, we're going to see more results there. Uh, it's definitely so possible. Uh, I guess. I, I would say it's right definitely back. possible, but um, possible that Lockett plays, but plays better excuse me but I'm just not ready to 
Yeah, I mean, in the Bifoon, he's a fine play because basically anybody you, you have can go out there this week. Uh, but if you can play somebody else, I probably would. I'm not confident in that Seahawks offense at all. But for the Bifoon, it's a fine play. He could definitely at least get a big play or two and have a great fantasy day off that. So you never know. But I just don't see uh, consistency in Tyler Lockett's future as long as uh, Russell Wilson's not playing. Next guy on our list, we have Latavius Murray, Baltimore running back. He's got an ankle injury, didn't practice today. Uh, he's questionable for this week's game. Uh, Devonta Freeman, potentially the running back to own there, but they did activate Le'Veon Bell off the practice squad, and uh, I don't see that as a comp- I see that as a committee. So uh, if it's me, I'm not going out there to pick up Devonta Freeman really, but it is it is interesting in the by uh, by so. Keep an eye on that, but Latavius Murray is questionable. So if you own him, uh, you'll want to monitor that situation. Next situation, we have Kadarius Tony. Uh, he has an ankle injury that's causing him not to practice this week. It looks like he uh, is likely to miss this game this Sunday, but hopefully he'll be back. Um, although there are some reports that uh, it is looking, it might be a serious ankle injury. Um, so Really hoping for the best if you're a Kadarius Tony owner, um, but it's unclear there. Definitely looks like he'll be out this week, um, but we can be hopeful that he'll return soon after that. All right, next segment, judging the waiver wire. Uh, Browns running backs, those are going to be the top top people to look at, likely. Dearness Johnson, uh, probably pretty much everybody's number one uh, waiver wire pickup if – if you can get him, uh, Gabby, do you, do you disagree? Agree? You think he's the number one uh, waiver wire ad this week? Yeah, he's the number one waiver uh, wire ad this week for sure. Um, running back, that's going to be the starter at least for this week. In an offense that needs touches, uh, definitely going to grab. And especially this week, there's not a clear cut person that you need to grab on every waiver wire because it's. A, it's by food, so you're just going to have to go for what's out there. Um, we're going to give you a couple of names here a little bit later that you might be able to grab when we uh, start talking about matchups. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, I think Dearness Johnson is really the only – one of the only big names that are going to be on most rosters that everybody should have been grabbing this week. Yeah, agreed. I think uh, Demetric Felton is probably a little bit – a little bit more well-known in Cleveland uh, than Dearness Johnson, just a little bit. Uh, Demetric Felton has been involved in the passing game a little bit uh, this year. Don't expect him to get the bulk of the carries, though. Dearness Johnson is probably going to be the likely fill-in, so he's the number one pickup. Demetric Felton, probably not an ad unless you're in deep PPR leagues. Uh, but next guy that I wanted to highlight is Amon Ra St. Brown, wide receiver for the Lions. He got seven targets last week and eight in, the, in each of his two previous matchups. Uh, he's a rookie, so I just think he's a guy that you want to monitor. Um, I'm not saying he's the greatest play this week or next week even, but uh, he's a good ad. They're playing the, the Rams this week, um, so tough game for Detroit. Unlikely to produce a ton, but in the apocalypse, anybody getting that many targets is worth, uh, worth a look, and uh, I personally am likely to be playing him this week in our – in our main league. I've been hit hard by injuries and bias. So likely to be playing Amon Ross St. Brown. And yes, last week he, he had, he had those 
he had very few yards. He had like 20, 20 something yards after those seven targets. So um, he had a very little output for fantasy, but I hope in, uh, in his past games, he's shown that he can have higher yardage per catch. So I would hope and expect that to um, increase and for him to be more effective with those targets than he was last week. All right. We apologize for that quick break there. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, so we had a quick break uh, in our middle of our judging the waiver wire segment here. But our next guy we wanted to talk about here was Marquez Callaway um, of the New Orleans Saints wide receiver, a young player playing Seattle this week. Um, I think he's a solid ad for the Bifoon this week. Uh, Gabby, what do you? How do you see Marquez uh, Marquez Callaway? Marquez Callaway, I see him as a pretty good play this week, especially with the Bifoon. Um, some things to consider here. He had a really big week last week uh, with catching two touchdowns. And he's playing against the Seattle Seahawks this week, a very poor secondary. They have a corner uh, converted safety from the Niners um, by the name last name Reed, turned into a who's now a full-time cornerback. So he their secondary is pretty weak there. They also just cut Trey Flowers there a week a couple weeks back. So I'm pretty interested in playing Marquez Callaway as a flex play this week. Michael Thomas isn't back, so the targets are going to be there for him. And we're finally seeing him become his own. So the that preseason hype that kind of faltered there at the beginning, I think he's going to pick up uh, some of that, and he's going to return that flex value for you there at that wide receiver spot. So definitely go grab him if he's available in your league. He's available in about 47% of leagues right now. Yeah, if, uh, if I wasn't – and if this wasn't the Bifoon, I don't know how high I'd be on Marquez Callaway. I mean, he's a young guy who had lots of hype, so he'd be an interesting ad for sure. But definitely um, his highest target share this last week or week five. So he escaped the hype uh, due to his bye week in week six. But uh, his last week playing, he had eight targets, which was his highest um, of his career. Uh, two targets or two touchdowns, excuse me. Um, big boost to him. So. I'll be interested to see if he can continue it, but this, this is a great matchup for him. And if there was any week he could, uh, this would be it. So great, great pickup and play this week. Uh, next guy who might be available on your roster or on your waiver wire, Zach Ertz. He just got traded from Philadelphia to Arizona. So that is great news for both him and Dallas Goddard. Uh, Zach Ertz though. I think he's going to be great for fantasy once he kind of gets acclimated. Maybe not so much this week. I mean, he should be active. Don't know how much how involved he'll be, but going forward after that, I think he's a great tight end play. Gabby, how do you see that uh, that situation unfolding, and are you picking him up if he's available? Um, if my, my tight end isn't one of the top tight end, then no, because Arizona just doesn't throw to their tight ends a lot. Max Williams was involved in the offense, but it was very inconsistent and not good enough to be a tight end one. And you don't really need two tight ends if you can ha have a consistent tight end that you can trust on a week-to-week -week basis. So, yes, Zach Ertz is a very interesting ad. And value went up for sure, but I don't think it went up to the point where I'm rushing to any waiver wire free agency to go grab him unless I have a back-end tight end such as a Tyler Higby 
or coincidentally Dallas Goddard, but who value is up. For instance, I'd much rather have a Dallas Goddard than a Zach Ertz. Uh, yeah, well, I I would have I'd rather have Dallas Goddard as well, but I think there's a a lot of people who could use an upgraded tight end. I don't think there's that many good tight ends out there. So yeah, if I have a great one of the better tight ends, one of the top half of the top like five or five or six tight ends, yeah, I'm probably not too worried about it. But pretty much anybody else, I'm pretty interested in Zach Ertz, um, unless you can get Dallas Goddard. He he'll probably be around the uh, Zach Ertz will probably be around the tight end seven six maybe eight or so uh, if he has a pretty good season with the, with the Cardinals. So uh, definitely an inter- interesting guy. If you uh, don't have anybody that's all that great there um, next uh, next part. I mean, just before we move on to the matchups, I just want to reiterate Rashad Penny, Jarrett Patterson, Devonta Freeman, all running backs that we mentioned that might be interesting pickups. Uh, Jarrett Patterson, much more so for deeper leagues, but I just want to reiterate those guys could potentially be available in uh, the Bifoon if you're absolutely desperate. Um, but no, none of those guys I don't think are uh, coming with high recommendations from us, that's for sure. Um, but without further ado, we'll get into our main portion of our show and the best one for sure, our matchups, starting with the Thursday night, uh, Thursday night game, Browns versus Broncos. Gabby, I'll let you start. Uh, we've talked about this quite a bit, but what else stands out to you in this game? Probably on the Broncos side. On the Broncos side, as we discussed, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is coming in with an injury. And I do see the Broncos here kind of dominating, especially just because of all the Browns injuries here. So I see a good game for one of the Denver running backs. I cannot tell you which one it's going to be, but one of them <laughs> is going to have a pretty good game. Tim Patrick the model of consistency will be consistent once again. And Cortland Sutton has proven himself to be a quite good receiver, especially in garbage time. So, and especially Noah Fant has broken out. He had nine for 92 and a score. So finally had that breakout game that you were looking to get for him. So hoping to build off of that. So I think you're starting Noah Fant, you're starting Cortland Sutton, and you probably are starting Melvin Gordon this week if you have them just because of the Bifoon. But Javante Williams is probably startable too, but I'm pro- I'm leaning a little bit more Melvin Gordon just because we've seen um, the big playability here in a couple of games. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. Um, I mean, it's tough. I, I, I guess I see them pretty much equal, to be honest. Um, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Uh, if you need to play one of them, I think you could just, it's crapshoot for the most part. Um, but yeah, Melvin Gordon has been a little bit better over uh, the long haul and had some, his bigger games have definitely been bigger than Javante Williams is. So definitely uh, probably the guy I would pick if I had to, had to pick one, but they're pretty close in my mind. Uh, Tim Patrick, he's, he's the homie for, uh, for the Bifoon for me, he'll be playing, he'll be my wide receiver too. And, my main league here, along with Cortland Sutton. I love both those options for the Bifoon. You know what you're going to get from Tim Patrick. He has the upside to get a touchdown, though, and get you a little bit more. Um, So you're hoping for that, but he'll probably get you 10 to 12. And then Cortland Sutton has – he's a little bit volatile at times, but I think those games he's been down have been pretty explainable as to why uh, he's had poor games for fantasy. And uh, I expect this game to be a good game for Cortland Sutton against a – 
um, underwhelming Cleveland pass defense. Um, so anything else that you wanted to add in that matchup? We've talked Odell to death. Um, any, anything, any last pieces on that, Gabby? No, no, any other, uh, no words, just Dearness Johnson's interesting grab. If he wasn't picked up in your league here on waiver wires, definitely grab him and start him in your RB2 spot. But outside of that, I'm not really looking to start any Browns players. Broncos are a, are a desperation defensive streamer, but um, they don't make my list uh, that I'll go over later with my top defensive streamers. So I'm not recommending them, but if you are missing out on all those other streamers that I'll mention later, uh, they're not the worst option out there. Uh, moving on to the Sunday 10 o'clock uh, Pacific time slate games. We got the Chiefs versus the Titans. Derrick Henry, he, I mean, there's not much more to say other than he is the king. Um, he dominated last week. If you had him, you won. Uh, he's definitely the best player for fantasy this year. Um, yeah, he, you're starting him. You're starting Tannehill against a porous Chiefs, de- uh, Chiefs defense. Um, A.J. Brown, I mentioned, I think, I think he's back. I think he's fully back now. Um, and I think he's going to start giving you some monster performances. Um, and then, yeah, on the Chiefs side, you start in the usual suspects. We all know who they are. Um, Michael Hardman, he's a fine uh, desperation by apocalypse or by Foon, uh, excuse me, by Foon uh, play if you need one. But uh, other than that, Gabby, is there anything that you uh, want to mention about that matchup? Sorry about that. We had another technical difficulty there, but we're going to get right back into the action there. Sam was asking me here about what I thought about the Chiefs and Titans matchup, and that's going to be quite the shootout here um, Here in the Oregon Lottery scoreboard. It is rated as the highest over under of the week, sitting currently at a 57 and a half point mark. Um, there's going to be a lot of scoring and not a lot of defense. Both of these defenses cannot guard anybody. So I'm starting all wide receivers, any fantasy relevant wide receiver um, or pass catcher on both sides of the ball. That includes Michael Hardman. Um, people such on that level or above are completely started in this matchup just because there's going to be so many points allowed available so you're obviously starting Ryan Tannehill that's a great start this week definitely gonna be QB1 he hasn't really been able to perform up to the par that you might have thought um, when you heard of news that Julio Jones was coming you would assume that maybe he'd give you more of that QB1 value that he gave you in the years prior but the departure of Arthur Smith really seems to have been hurting him down quite there a little bit so I think Um, he hasn't been being able to perform up to par, but this week with um, not a lot of quarterbacks here because of the Bifoon, he's definitely a great start there. But you're obviously starting Derrick Henry, King Henry, the greatest running back in fantasy, the best fantasy player, period, right now, better than any quarterback currently, the highest score, which is quite incredible when you think about that. Um, you're starting mm-hmm. a Brown, who's looked really nice, had seven receptions for 91 yards, all in the second half. Hopefully he's able to build off of that. And on the Chiefs side, you're obviously starting the big three in Tyreek Hill, um, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. And you're also starting Daryl Williams. 
But also, as I stated, um, just because the Titans are so bad at guarding wide receivers, you're also starting Miko Hardman in this matchup. So a lot of points to be scored. Um, you're starting all your fantasy players here. This is the definition of a fantasy matchup that you're licking your lips, licking your chops at. But do you have anything to add there, Sam? No, no, you you covered it good. Other than uh, I would just say, I mean, Daryl Williams, he's the real deal. I mean, last week, 23.9 fantasy points. It was against the poorest Washington defense. But, yeah, he is, uh, he's awesome. While, uh, while CEH is gone, he's going to be a great start um, every week, it seems like. Um, but, yeah, nothing much else to add there in that matchup. Uh, our next one here, we got Washington uh, playing Green Bay. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers playing Devontae Adams, usual suspects there as well. Uh, A.J. Dillon getting a little bit more run lately. He's a little bit interesting in the apocalypse if you need a running back. Um, not a guy you necessarily are rushing out to play, but a guy who's been getting getting a fair amount of work, getting touches. Um, Terry McLaurin, of course, on Washington's side. Um, and I mentioned J.D. McKissick as my desperation start of the week this week. Um, Washington should be down for this in this matchup and they should need to pass. So uh, green Bay is a great streaming option. Uh, one of my top options this week. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, Ricky Steele's Jones, if he plays is a solid tight end stream, not somebody to get overly excited about, but a guy you could play if you need one, but he is banged up. So definitely uh, don't get overly excited about him and uh, look for other options if possible. But he is not the worst guy you could be playing this week for sure. Uh, Gabby, what what uh, what about this uh, matchup do you want to mention? Um, it's going to be a pretty – I think it's going to be a boat race by the Green Bay Packers, so you're definitely going to want to start um, most of, <clears throat> of the Washington football team when it comes to the pass catchers like Terry McLaurin, Ricky Seals-Jones. But I think everything here is pretty straightforward. The line's set at seven and a half right now. So I don't think there's a lot of um, value there when it comes to betting. But even on the fantasy football side, I think it's pretty straightforward. Robert Tunyon's an interesting start this week just because of the buy-food. I think I'm forced to start him in a half-point PPR league, and I hate myself because of it. So um, Just hoping for a touchdown. Just hoping for a touchdown there. So, um, other than that, no, I think it's pretty straightforward. I think you did a pretty good job covering that. Yeah, and uh, our next one here is one that we maybe wouldn't have thought would be so exciting um, at the beginning of the year, but it's pretty pretty interesting game. We got the Bengals playing the Ravens, a divisional matchup. Um, should be a really interesting game. Um, definitely, I like the Bengals' usual cat pass catchers, T. Higgins. Jamar Chase, I'm down on Tyler Boyd, especially in this matchup. Um, I think he could definitely be left out in the cold against a solid Ravens defense. But um, I don't expect the Ravens to be – or to the Bengals to fall too far behind. But I do imagine the Ravens will be a little bit ahead. And I expect the Bengals to pass. And I uh, expect a big fantasy output probably from both of these teams. And um, in most positions, Joe Burrow, he's on track to throw over 40 touchdowns this year. Um, he's been awesome. He's not the best play, but in the Bifoon, he's not the worst for sure. Um, last week, he had three touchdowns, and like I said, no, not a single week with less than two. So Joe Burrow's been awesome this year and is a, a solid play uh, this week if you need a quarterback. 
Um, but yeah, Joe Mixon should be back and, and healthy for the most part. Um, should expect a full workload from him. Um, and we mentioned the running back situation previously, previously about Baltimore. But um, yeah, Gabby, I think the, the real question here is just how are you feeling about the Bengals receivers and if there's anything else you wanted to add? With the Bengals wide receivers, it's kind of a mess right now. Tyler Boyd was only able to get one reception last week for eight yards. So that was pretty disappointing. Jamar Chase has been a superstar and T Higgins. Not too well, 7.4 fantasy points, um, pretty disappointing, but uh, their days are ahead. He just came back from that shoulder injury. I'm starting C. Higgins, and I'm starting Jamar Chase, obviously, with confidence. But with Tyler Board, I'm, I'm probably sitting him down here for a little bit. seems like he is going to become the Cincinnati insurance wide receiver. If one of those guys comes down, goes down, then you're automatically starting Tyler Board. He becomes a top 25 wide receiver. But if one of those guys isn't, uh, if both those guys are playing, then I'm not looking to have them in my lineup right now. The Bengals are uh, about um, running more plays because that was a problem um, in their offense. They were just a slow paced offense, but they are now speeding up that pace. So maybe they'll have more opportunities to gain more yards and more receptions and more fantasy points there. But outside of uh, that, I don't think um, Tyler Boyd's really going to be much of an option here this week, especially with the buy, even in the buy food, I think you have better options out there on the waiver wire. Yeah. I was going to say that Tyler Boyd is borderline droppable for me. Um, it's tough. Cause you know, if he is one of the top two receivers there, he's going to get used and he's going to be awesome for fantasy, but um, he is not one of the top two receivers there as long as Higgins and chase are both healthy. Um Obviously, you probably don't want to, you maybe trade something, get something for him in a trade. So, not saying to go drop him, but uh, I'm not saying to hold on to him either if there's something better out there. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty low on Tyler Boyd with uh, with any other with the with the full healthy cast there in Cincinnati. Um, ready to move on to our next matchup, Gabby? Yeah. Awesome, uh, Panthers Giants. Uh, Sam Darnold, he's my desperation uh, QB star of the week. He's owned in less than 55% of leagues. Um, I think that he can get back to his, his, uh, his top tier QB one ways um, with this matchup. I'm not saying he's the best matchup, but uh, he's a guy that's widely available in most leagues. And if you are in desperation mode, he's a fine play. Uh, the Giants aren't, don't have a defense that really scares me, but they should be good enough to keep the game at least somewhat competitive and make Sam Darnold have to actually throw the ball and not allow them to just run the game out. So I think that could be a solid game for Sam Darnold. Um, I think that that Carolina offense is pretty solid and we'll be chugging against that uh, Giants Giants D. Um, definitely got to play DJ Moore. Um, Chuba Hubbard doesn't. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, just to reiterate, he's out for a few more weeks. His earliest he can come back is week nine. Um, so he'll be out for a while. So Truba Hubbard is a go for a while. Um, and he's a great play this week. Um, and then on the Giants side, a little bit of a mess. If you know which receivers are going to be healthy, I mean, Sterling Shepard should play. Um, he should be good this week. But uh, Evan Ingram, he's my tight end uh, desperation start of the week just because you know he can break some big plays for you. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of wide receiver injuries. I mean, we mentioned Kadarius Tony as well. Uh, Kenny Galladay is down. Darius Slayton. Um, so, uh, 
you know, there's a lot of injuries there. So somebody's going to have to catch the ball. So Evan Ingram, not the worst tight end start, uh, widely available. Uh, but Gabby, is there, is there anything I missed? No, I think that's a pretty straightforward matchup. Um, <clears throat> just watch out for Devontae Booker as well. I think he's a pretty good start this week just because of Yeah, that. and your, your, your platforms, your fantasy platforms are probably all going to tell you at this point that he's going to get you like zero points. Um, I'm pretty confident that we're not going to see Saquon this week, and I think we both agree that even if we did, he would not be uh, on a full workload, and Devonta Booker it would still be um, not the worst option during the by uh, by Foon. But um, next matchup, I'll let you take this one away, Gabby. It's the Falcons and the Dolphins uh, <laughs> battle of the crappy defenses. But uh, what do you what do you see here? Uh, Lions set up plus two and a half for the Dolphins right now. Nice little home dog there. And what I see is Tua Tagovailoa has been throwing the rock. Uh, there pretty consistently. So, and uh, with Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle is a real deal. In the two games that uh, two has been there, he's scored and he's been a real fantasy weapon. And the one thing with Jalen Waddle is, would you say that he's a uh, in the NFL top ten fastest NFL player? I I think so personally. Somewhere in that. Range. I would say probably, yeah, probably. It's, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of fast guys, but yeah, he's one of the fastest for sure. Yeah. And so inherently we think that last year I heard the stat uh, from the, uh, the ESPN people, but Jalen Waddle's average uh, stat, uh, average yards uh, per touchdown in college was about over 40 yards per touchdown. So deep threat. I heard that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Now this that's year, crazy he, deep. He's been a very short, target guy this week he was 10 for 70 there was a week he got 12 for 68 so he's his depth of target and depth of catch hasn't really been there but he still has the upside and the speed to take one to the house so he has the best of both worlds to me and I think this might be a little bit of a tilt for me because I picked him up in the league but I really do think that he has like the wide receiver three the upside that people were drafting for him um, in preseason I think he was just a little bit late and it, the reasons that he was late are very is a very easy reason to uh, his quarterback the guy that he's known and the reason why we were so hyped about him for the last year when he j- got drafted to Miami um, wasn't there and now he's back and he's back performing so I think he's a he's going to become a flex option for sure from here on out and if he performs again uh, up to par, I think he's going to be a, a consistent wide receiver three, wide receiver two, because he has that upside and he's going to consistently be a part of this offense. And I, I'm not afraid of Will Fuller at all. And Devontae Parker is going to take a part of this offense, but the Miami can't run the ball and they're a crappy team. So no matter what, they're going to need to throw the ball a lot. And they throw the ball the most in the league. So off of Jalen Waddles, I do think Jaseki as well as a threat just because again as I just stated before the Dolphins throw the ball the most the highest percentage in the league just because their inability of, of their offensive line to move people in the point of the attack so if Devontae Parker's back as well I do think he's an interesting play and on the Atlanta side Matt Ryan this weekend the Bifoon is a great quarterback start if you have if you had a guy such as Herbert or 
Trevor Lawrence or Dak Prescott, definitely think look on your waiver wire, see if Matt Ryan was available. Cordell Patterson, interesting, interesting play. You obviously are playing him this week just because of his ridiculous performance here in the first five weeks, but it's an interesting situation if you want to sell high on him right now, just because is is he really able to duplicate that performance? Like he's performing Christian McCaffrey-esque just because he's getting that rushing ability and having the consistent catching targets and touchdown upside. So interesting sell high uh, uh, topic, but it just kind of depends on what you're getting. But what do you think on Cordell, Sam? I think it – I still – I've said this before in the past, and I I still think it holds true, um, is that I just don't think that you can get um, the value that Cordero is actually worth in a trade. I have a hard time believing you're going to be able to find somebody that is going to be better than him the rest of the season. Um, But I don't believe he's going to maintain the value that – or his fantasy output that he has so far this season. I don't think he's going to finish inside the top ten for running backs. That would be – a crazy good year for Cordell Patterson and he was 30 years old and has never ever finished even remotely close to that before this. Um, but I do think he's going to be good for fantasy and great for fantasy on some weeks still. Um, I expect it to be a little bit more inconsistent going, going forward, but you got to keep playing him until he slows down. And I just have a hard time believing that there's any leagues out there where people are really bought into the idea of Cordell Patterson and are willing to offer you something really big in return for him. And right now, like I said, he's a top 10 running back. uh, And it's hard to give that up for something that is not going to be at least about that, about that level of output. So yeah, I'm holding on to Cordell Patterson. I think he's probably a hold, Uh, but if you're able to convince somebody to give you something really great for him, then take it. But because like I said, I I don't expect it to continue at this same level, but I think you got to, I think you got to hold Cordell if you can. Um, unless you get something amazing for him. So, uh, and then I also just wanted to follow up on his counterpart in that offense, Mike Davis. He's been kind of the forgotten man a little bit. Uh, he's been overshadowed for sure by Cordell because he's Cordell Patterson has been awesome, but Mike Davis has still been putting out consistent uh, RB two, three level work and is a great play in the bipocalypse. He's going to be great for buys going forward. Uh, he averages 11.4 points. He is the RB 34, um, but he does usually score just about 10 points for you. And, you know, if you're having a tough um, – if you're in a tough spot where you need a guy to fill in, he is far from the worst uh, option. If he falls into the end zone, he could get a little bit – he could get significantly more points. Um, he's only got a, two touchdowns this year. Um, so definitely has the opportunity to increase his output if he can get in the end zone a little bit more. Um, but – Going back to your Dolphins point on Jalen Waddle, I uh, just wanted to point out that the Dolphins have a fantastic schedule going forward as well. So if Jalen Waddle is able to produce, he could be one of the best values in fantasy because they they still got to play the Jets twice. They got to play Houston. They got to play the Giants. And they got to play Tennessee. They, they have a ton of pretty easy matchups for receivers. Um, so if, if Jalen Waddle can continue to produce, um, he's set up for real fantasy value. Uh, anything else before we move forward to the next matchup, Gabby? No, not really. I do. I think Kyle Pitts is 
that I'm interested to see after that breakout week, right before his bye week, if he's able to duplicate that with Calvin Ridley back in the fold. I'm not sure he'll be able to, but just something to watch out for. Interesting. Yeah, that's a great call out. Um, if there's a defense he's going to do it against, you'd think it'd be Miami, but it'll be interesting to see how he does with the uh, Ridley back. And uh, next matchup we got still in the 10 o'clock window. Uh, we got the Jets playing the Patriots, a divisional matchup. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of fantastic fantasy options in this matchup, obviously. Uh, I'm not really playing any Jet that I can think of, to be honest. Maybe, maybe Michael Carter, if you're in a, in a deeper league and you really need a desperation RB2. But uh, avoid that at all costs. Um, on the Patriots side, Probably playing Damian Harris if you if you have him. I mean, he's a fine RB two play, especially for uh, Bifoon. But you know, uh, he's definitely nothing. Can't expect anything huge from him usually. Um, and then the Patriots pass catchers. I'm only really interested probably in Hunter Henry. He should um, probably have the highest likelihood of any of those guys to fall into the end zone against the Jets. But Gabby, is there anything that really stands out to you? I, I think this is probably going to be an ugly matchup for fantasy, but anything about the Jets-Patriots that you want to mention? Yeah, it's going to be a pretty ugly matchup here. Um, yeah, no. I'm just thinking in my head if there's any players other than Michael Carter and maybe like a Hunter Henry just because he keeps catching touchdowns. There's nobody else here that I'm really interested in playing. Yeah, I mean, Damian Harris had a great week last week and should have another great week this week. I mean, if you can find the end zone, so play him. But yeah, other than that, yeah, Hunter Henry, if you're searching for a touchdown, low end, tight end play. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a tough matchup for fantasy. Patriots defense, an excellent play, a top two defense for me. Probably the actually is the best defensive play for me this week, um, but not a streaming defense. So uh, if you have him, if you have them, you've probably had them for a little bit in there. Uh, definitely your best option. Next matchup, we got the Eagles versus the Raiders. This one's a pretty interesting one to me. Uh, I'm just curious to see how the, the Eagles offense evolves. And the, and the Raiders, of course, have new head coach. So uh, it's, been, it's interesting to see how that's going to all play out there. Uh, Derek Carr is a fine streaming option for me. I, I, I would personally play Sam Darnold over him. Um, but they're both about the same same range. So either of those guys I think are fine options. Uh, Darren Waller, of course, you're playing him. Josh Jacobs, interestingly enough, um, he has not been a running back one this entire season. Uh, this is a matchup that that could potentially change, although I wouldn't, wouldn't bank too highly on it, but uh, he is, uh, he is one of the last few guys standing. I mean, it's the by Foon. So if he, if there's going to be a week where Josh Jacobs is an RB one for you, it should be this week. Um, but not to not to not to lead you astray, he has had solid RB two output. So um, definitely a great play this week. Um, on the Eagles side, you got to play Jalen Hurts. He's a, definitely a top tier quarterback in fantasy. And uh, Miles Sanders, I think, is still a bench until further notice. Uh, Gabby, how do you, how do you feel about this matchup? And, and do you disagree with me on anything there? No, Miles Sanders has been really disappointing. So there's nothing really to be excited about there. Uh, Devonta Smith has been up and down. I don't think – do you think he's droppable yet? Devonta Smith? 
Yeah. No, Devonta Smith is one of the best fantasy assets to have, in my opinion. Devonta Smith has been great. He had one bad week. He's had I can't. A, I can't. No way. He's had three. Okay. Bad yeah, weeks. he's had three bad weeks, but he's had three great weeks as well. So, I mean, he's had. It's not a good passing. It's not a good passing offense. The argument to drop him is not a good passing offense. You have no idea when to start him, and when you do start him, he could kill you. He's having bad enough weeks to where it kills you if he's in your lineup. I don't. I don't. He's had some pretty bad weeks. He's a rookie, so I think he obviously comes with. I think he's pretty clear, likely to be inconsistent as a rookie. Um, I'm not saying he's like a consistent start every week, but in a good matchup, I think you can feel relatively comfortable rolling him out there. He's only had one week with less than six targets, and it was last week against Tampa Bay. Um, that was disappointing that thought, because that we thought he was going to do well in. I see. I see that argument for sure, um, and he he did not do well. The not at all. Jalen Hurts did not look good passing at all, and I am definitely not sold on Jalen Hurts' passing ability. But I still, you, he's still the numbers, the targets. I you still got to hold on to him. I can't. I can't imagine letting go of a number one receiver in an offense with a quarterback that is, yeah, maybe not great, but. He's still an NFL quarterback, and he's going to keep throwing the ball, and somebody has to catch passes. His upside is significantly higher than, I think, players like Hunter Renfro. Um, so I'd rather be playing him in that kind of situation. I'd rather play a guy with the kind of upside that uh, Devonta Smith has than a guy who is more consistently going to get me like 10 to 12 points. So I do think he has a lot of value and would definitely not be dropping him. Um, yeah, not, no question in my mind would not be dropping him. Hmm. All right, yeah, that was my last thing. On yeah, that. I'd actually be trading for him. I think he's uh, potentially even a buy-low candidate. I love Devonta Smith. I did not think there was anybody who disagreed. That's that's. i got to be looking for him in some leagues now. But uh, any, any, any last pieces there before we move on? No, not for me. Yeah, just want to say that um, I hate Miles Sanders. You know, he's terrible um, for fantasy. Don't not as not personally don't hate him, but uh, yeah, I am. I cannot believe he's so bad for fantasy. Um, I mean, I, I I knew it that he would be bad going going into the year, but still, somehow, always baffles me how bad he is for fantasy. So um, impressive, Miles. Impressive. Uh, next matchup. We got Lions, Rams. This one's an interesting one. You know, uh, it's in L.A., so it'll be Jared Goff coming back home this time. Um, but two quarterbacks that got traded for each other, that's kind of fun. It'll be interesting to look at. Uh, the Lions still looking for their first uh, first win without, without uh, Matt Stafford, and Jared Goff still looking for his first win without Sean McVay. So uh, really – I'm expecting that to continue. Uh, the Rams will dominate this game. Play Daryl Henderson with extreme confidence. Uh, the Rams pass catchers will likely dominate. I expect them to uh, the Rams to not take it easy on the Lions at all. I don't expect their offense to slow down. Um, I expect them to use Matthew Stafford and show what he can do in this matchup. So um, definitely playing Cooper Cup. Robert Woods is a, definitely a play due to the 
the typhoon, so you can't have that many options. He's not an amazing play on a as like on a regular basis, but this week with the, the limited options, got to play him. Um, and then you're playing DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson on the other side. And uh, Bifoon might, might cause you to play Jamal Williams as well, but he has not been being been used all that much lately. But Gabby, anything else stand out to you in this matchup? No, not really. I think you cut, did a good job of covering everything there. Yeah, it's it, Jamal Williams has been really disappointing to me. I really, uh, after his first few games, it looked like he was going to be used a lot more, and he has uh, really been used mostly as a, a runner, which was really uh, surprising and obviously has low value for fantasy. So that's been an interesting one. But Rams, the second best uh, defense this week, in my opinion, to play for fantasy, um, probably not a available in any of your leagues so not really a streamer won't be on the streaming list but uh the rams is obviously an awesome play against the struggling detroit team so uh next matchup we got chicago playing tampa bay gabby i'll just let you take this one away from here what do you see here chicago and tampa bay i do see a blowout by tampa bay in I'm starting all the wide receivers from here on out, all three of them. Antonio Brown has shown that he's going to be the best one and the most consistent one just when it comes to third downs in, in the red zone. And so I'm going to be starting him with confidence. But Tom Brady does a good job of passing the ball to every single target. If one has a bad game, um, he'll make sure to get him back in the other game. So I'm hammering all my Mike Evans player prop bets this week with the over just because I know that Tom Brady's going to be looking for him so but on the in the fantasy realm I'm starting Fournette as well he had a huge week last week scoring over 30 fantasy points and he's clearly the guy over there Um, Ronald Jones has just been in the doghouse hasn't played as many snaps in years past so definitely a start there and what can I what can I say about the GOAT Um, he's just been amazing here over the uh, the first seven to six weeks of the season. So I continue playing him with confidence. But, but on the bear side, there's not much to talk about other than the running back situation. Um, keep an eye out for Damian Williams. If he comes off with the COVID list, I'm starting him. But if not, I'm starting clear Herbert. But other than that, uh, I'm not really excited from the wide receiver uh, standpoint. Darnell Mooney's been the guy there, Sam. Um, Allen Robinson's an interesting drop candidate as well. His name is pretty big, so you might be able to trade him for something or add him on for value, but he's just so – he's been so bad this year, and I just don't see how that situation gets much better for him. Yeah, no, I – if you're – sorry, continue. I was just just thinking, like, if it it just has been such a – poor situation for him i was gonna ask you like is he a drop candidate alan robinson uh it's tough because you you probably it's tough if you can trade him for anything do it but if you can't i drop him um shoot you know that's tough that's that just feels so wrong to say but he's been terrible um and i don't see this offense improving a ton this year 
in in redraft leagues it's tough to tough to hold on to him um yeah you don't even know if you can play him in the bifoon that's how bad it is he he's a, he's a drop if you have somebody that you want to add but i'm not trying to not actively trying to replace him but i'm not i'm i'm not seeing him as a superstar anymore that's for sure so um yeah willing to drop him if if necessary if i need to like get somebody to play this week not looking to but uh definitely wanting to trade him for literally anything if i'm an Allen robinson owner and darnell mooney i'm, I'm not super surprised that he's uh, taking over more of a role in this offense. I, I called him out at the beginning of the year as one of my guys that I thought would finish much higher than their ADP. He's disappointed me just mostly due to that, the offense being low output. But Darnell Mooney has been the number one receiver there for fantasy. And um, he's the guy to start there if you're starting a Bears receiver. He's not a terrible play in the Bifoon. Uh, he's really, really, really a big – he can make big plays. He's a fast guy. He's a really – an explosive option so he's a he's a fair play um in this in this bifoon but uh still still bears offense so you're probably trying to avoid it if possible but the buccaneers secondary played better last week but they're still banged up um and should be vulnerable and uh like like you said gabby the bears should be down could should be a blowout and the bears should be needing to pass so should be a darnell mooney game but we'll see and then on the bucks side um, the Bucks, the receivers are going to give you a heart attack. Um, sometimes they're going to they're going to break your heart. Sometimes they're going to score uh, very very few points, and then other weeks they're going to win you your weeks. So um, that's kind of the 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 yin and yang of the Bucks receivers. The, you kind of you kind of have to go into it knowing that, but they are going to hopefully produce more weeks than they than they did. And uh, you have to start basically all three of those guys every week just off there. Uh, boom potential so and then Tom Brady uh, had his worst week of the season last week but um, we can both agree or second worst week 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 of the season but uh, I think we can both agree that that is not to be worried about and you should continue starting him uh, regardless of the matchup with confidence Uh, Bucks Bucks defense a great streamer this week Um, that is on my defensive streamers list Um, definitely we'll mention them closer to the end of the show but next matchup Texans, Cardinals, um, <laughs> start the Cardinals defense, start the Cardinals, start uh, Kyler Murray, start Hopkins, start uh, then start Connor probably this week as they're running back. Uh, Chase Edmonds is still banged up, so I'm not starting him with confidence. I'm playing him due to the buyfoon, but yeah, just, just due to the sheer number of buys and other than that, I would be trying to avoid him. Um, and then if you're playing any receiver other than Hopkins, I think you're probably looking to play Kirk or you're looking to play uh, you're looking to play AJ Green. I struggle to pick between the two. I'm curious what your position is, Gabby, but I think I would probably go AJ Green this week. Yeah, I'm going AJ Green as well just because of the consistency and the touchdown upside. Um, I just feel like with um, – Christian Kirk is more of a shot in the dark. And I do see AJ Green has got a couple down weeks, but he just he shows he's been able to show a little bit more consistency and a little bit more touchdown equity, having touchdowns in every other game. So off that trend, it does look like this might be his off game, but he's over 79% snap shares. 
in every game this season and at least six targets in five out of the six games. So, yeah, six targets in all but one game. So, yeah, talk about consistency. Yeah, so it's definitely the guy in the towards there. And we just know A.J. Green has been that guy for a while. We know the talent's been there. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's right there. He just he doesn't have the, the playoff moments or the elite all-pro seasons. But he's a Pro Bowl wide receiver multiple time. Great wide receiver all around. So we know the talent's there. So I, I lean A.J. Green in that discussion. Yeah, and I, I think it comes down to maybe – your matchup specifically like if you think you're going to lose then maybe you play christian kirk christian kirk has probably a higher upside but his floor is significantly lower than aj greens so um i might that might help you make your decision if you are deciding between the two but just straight up who do i think is going to have a better week this week i'm going to go with aj green um but yeah other than that brandon cooks still got to start him the texans will be down you know that so um brandon cooks got to be played they'll be passing the ball uh, other than that, nothing else on my end to add. Um, ready to move on to the Sunday night game? Yeah. All right. I'm going to let you take this one away because, as we all know, Gabby's a Colts fan. So, Colts 49ers, Gabby, take us through it. Uh, for the Colts 49ers game, there's some things that we need to look out for here today. Uh, we got our first, we got our second win of the year. Um, I almost said first because it felt like it, but no. It's just- <laughs> Um, we beat the Texans pretty handily. Carson Wentz was the highest rated quarterback by PFF for the week. Um, pretty good performance there for him. And we just need to look out there for the offense is starting to gel. Jonathan Taylor was starting to give him the ball a little bit more. He didn't get as much touches as we hoped, but the touches that he did get, he was able to explode on them and take a couple to the house there, or just one, I think, but a big touchdown run there that, Kind of two touchdowns last week, actually. You were right. You're right. Oh, yeah. Well, two touchdowns. So he had that big run and he capped it off. And then they gave him, okay. Yeah. They gave him this other one as well. Yeah. yeah 14 carries, 145 yards. Gosh. Yeah. He helped me beat you. What a guy, dude. <laughs> what a guy. He is. Is Dalvin <laughs> Kirk is number one. And then John Taylor is number two. And this list is home run hitters. So those are the type of guys that you really want on your fantasy team, guys that I can – who get as many – who get touches but can take every touch to the house. Because with – those are your week winners, your fantasy league winners. At the end of the year, you're going to ask yourself, why did I get this far? How did I get this far? It's going to be because of those type of players. So definitely, if, you, if you're able to get Jonathan Taylor by any means necessary, this is a buy high for me. Um, I think the talent is there. Big Q, the best offensive lineman in football, Kitwitt Nelson, is, hasn't even been there yet. So the potential of this offense, homerism for sure. So slow me down here if I'm not talking, if I'm talking too crazy here. But I do think this is a buy high for Jonathan <laughs> Taylor completely. Um, but uh, outside of that, T.Y. Hilton had a good performance versus Houston. Not a shocker there. Uh, the prop bet for him that I got was at 27 and a half yards. I, I hammered that home and then I hammered it home again. And then they hammered it home again because T.Y. Hilton keeps <laughs> in alive every day. That was the, easy, the easiest amount of money I've ever won on a betting site ever. I was honestly shocked given the odds, but 
Give it, but he was dinged up there with a quad injury there towards the end. So Michael Pittman might be able. I to mean, you told us it was going to happen. Yeah, Michael Pittman. <laughs> I did tell you guys you should play him. Give you good points. So um, Michael Pittman, though, I think should be able to recoup his value um, as a top wide receiver. They were dominating there for most of the game, so they weren't needing to pass the ball. Uh, this week, I do think they're going to be down a little bit more. So. Carson Wentz is going to have to sling the rock. Michael Pittman should get his targets. And he was on the field running the most routes out of any wide receiver. So not getting as many targets as he did, only getting five. Um, I think that's just that's just a blip in the anomaly. I'm starting him with confidence again. He's shown the connection with Carson Wentz, and he has manufactured t- touches in the offense, stuff I'm not worried about. But on the San Francisco side – uh, Jimmy G is back, so we are all rejoicing. The passing options are great there now. I'm starting Debo Samuel. I'm looking at Brandon Ayuk, and I'm puking. And then I'm probably putting him back on my bench just because I know the talent is there. I know it's there. And I dropped them in a couple of my leagues. And the by the apocalypse, you're asking yourself, you're like, what player? Because at the end of the week, when you're looking at your team on a Friday or a Thursday, and you've done on your waivers, you kind of set your lineup, you know what you're going to go into the weekend with. You're looking at the waiver wire, and you're like, what player can I get on the team? And on Monday, when everybody's played, I'm like, and everybody's like, damn, this guy went off. I wonder if he's on waivers. What player do you, you want your opponents to be like, fuck? he's on Gabby's team or he's on Sam's team. So those, that's the day I usually look out for those players. And I think Brandon Ayuk, I just feel like this week with no George Kittle and they're going to be in a, a game where they have to pass the ball a lot. And San Francisco hasn't been a good team in general. They're mediocre at best. So something needs to change in that offensive game plan. They haven't been scoring enough points. I think Ayuk is just going to have to be a factor because last year we saw it. Like, Kyle Shanahan saw the progression with Brandon Ayuk. He knows how good he is, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And his offensive weapons just keep – they keep falling. So, eventually, I think he's going to fall into the situation that he fell into last year where he has to use Brandon Ayuk. So, I'm trying to get him now before anybody else does. I was off of him yeah, a it- ago, and I'm on him for completely different reasons for why I'm <laughs> off of him. I think he is just overall looking at the landscape. I think he's the most spe- he's the best speculative ad there on the board. Like that's probably widely available in most leagues. Yeah, and I think he's a great ad for this week, especially because I'm sure a lot of people are out there with big big problems uh, with buys, and you're probably going to lose your matchup if you just fill him with a bunch of waiver wire pickups. I mean, if the other if your opponent doesn't have problems with buys, but uh, a guy who could definitely even the playing field and go off is Brandon Ayuk. So he's a super interesting play. And if that happens, which is more likely than a lot of the other, the other waiver wire pickups, uh, I mean, he's also a lot more likely than most of those guys to give you a zero. But if he does go off, then you've picked him up a week early. You've saved yourself from having to compete for him on the waiver wire uh, because you, we know the talent's there. We've seen it. It's proven. Uh, it just needs to be used. I'm not quite as high as Gabby probably on Brandon Ayuk, but I think he's going to become uh, one of the bigger parts of the offense at some point of the season. 
I'm just not sure when that'll be. And I'm not sure if I'm willing to hold on to him um, until that happens, because I, it, I could see it happening this week and I could see it happening in week 14. Not sure. Um, I could see him being very inconsistent in that time. So I'm not necessarily rushing to pick him up, but if I'm looking for a start this week and Brandon Ayuk is available, he's far from your worst option. And he's pretty interesting just because he might give you not only might he win you your week this week, he might help you win your league. So a great ad um, for this week and just a guy to keep your eye on. Um, but after the week's over, if he sucks, don't feel bad dropping him. That's all I would say about him. Um, and then going back to uh, your Jonathan Taylor mention, I did want to say that Jonathan Taylor, he had some pretty rough weeks. And as a Jonathan Taylor owner myself, I was, I was feeling the tilt. Uh, I was thinking maybe I need to start hitting up Gabby to see if I can uh, trade him. Cause I was thinking, you know, Colts fan, at least he'll still see some value, but I'm, I'm glad I held on. Um, and the last three weeks, Jonathan Taylor's had over 20 points each week. Um, and, he, he's a stud and I don't know if necessarily everyone who uh, plays fantasy has necessarily caught on to that sustained value yet. They may think this is a little bit of a blip. So um, yes, it is a buy high because if you own Jonathan Taylor, you know, he's been great at least three weeks, but I still think his value might not fully be uh, his value. His perceived value might not fully be caught up to his actual value yet. So um, definitely do agree with the buy high option uh, or opinion. Um, he could be one of the better, uh, one of the first running backs taken at the in next year's fantasy drafts. He's he's that kind of talent. Um, and he has that kind of opportunity, and he's shown uh, that kind of out- output at least over these last three weeks. So I'm excited to see what he does and uh, see if it continues. But Jonathan Taylor, absolute beast. Um, anything else, Gabby? Before we move on to our Monday night. No, not not necessarily. Carson Wentz is an interesting streaming option in two quarterbacks leagues. For instance, uh, I had in our girlfriend league, I had Maddie pick up Carson Wentz and I'm going to have her start him just because he is an interesting ad. And I think that just he's been able to click with the offense there. So um, that would be something to consider. If you need a quarterback, Carson Wentz, is a guy who's able to get over 400 yards versus the Ravens' defense a couple weeks before, and he didn't have to pass the ball a lot versus the Texans, but he's getting his weapons back. T.Y. Hutton is number one wide receiver is back in the fold, so only things are going to be up here for Carson, so definitely an interesting add in two quarterback systems. I definitely think he's an interesting add for this week, um, but you know, maybe not quite as high on Carson Wentz as you uh for the rest of the season but uh he's not uh he definitely has the talent to to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league it's just if he can uh play a little bit smarter so we'll see um last matchup of the of the week we got our monday night matchup saints versus seahawks uh we talked about it a little bit already saints defense i think is a great streaming option um maybe not the top of the top of the list but it's up there um Seahawks are going to have to do something different or they're going to get beat this week. Uh, They're not going to be able to just run the ball. I don't think, but uh, I'm concerned about how successful they'll be in their attempts to pass it. So I'm not high on Tyler Lockett. I'd be benching him. If if you can buy Foon rules, tell us, you know, you, you probably are going to need to play him, Uh, but you're playing DK Metcalf for sure. Uh, 
don't worry about the Seahawks running backs. We mentioned that. Get Penny if you can. Um, but yeah, Saints side, Callaway, great Bifoon player. We mentioned him. And uh, yeah, I mean, Jameis Winston's not the worst streaming option, but uh, we try to avoid him. But yeah, it, Kamara's back for you. There's not, there's not a whole ton going on in this matchup. I think uh, the Saints will probably dominate for the most part. I don't expect it to be super high scoring, um, but I would expect a Saints win. Um, Gabby, it seems to be a, not the greatest fantasy matchup, but is there anything you wanted to highlight about this last game? No. I do think that um, with the last game here, I think uh, Geno Smith is He's going to make Tyler Lockett again. Like, interesting. I don't know. He was played bad before. I think the offense is going to have to change a little bit. Obviously, you're playing DK Metcalf and the running backs. Again, like I said, we don't really need to hear about it. But the Saints side, I think Jameis Winston, again, in two quarterback systems, I think, or two quarterback leagues, I should say, deserves a mention just because it's Seattle a horrible secondary. He's going to have to pass the yeah. ball a lot. Um, and then, Seahawks pasty is very bad. Yeah, it's very bad. And I think even the tight ends are like a speculative ad here. If you, you leave a long shot, like a Jawan Johnson in this game might be able to grab a touchdown for you there. So, <laughs> that is a long shot. <laughs> it's a long shot for a reason, right? You might need a tight end. Yeah. <laughs> It's a horrible defense, and when you're in Seattle, I think you're gonna. The games are always seem bigger than they have than they have to be. So, I think it's gonna have to be a shootout out there. All right, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it'll quite get to that, but we'll see. That that should be an interesting matchup just to see kind of how the Seahawks approach it. Um, but I would expect a Saints win. Um, anything? Any last points you wanted to make? about any of these matchups that anything you want to circle back for Gabby before we uh, head out for the, for the evening and get ready for the rest of our matchups this week. No, I think we covered everything uh, pretty well. Uh, I do want to say like on the waivers this week, just as we're getting more and more into the weeks ahead, I think it's a good idea to start looking at your roster. And as these buys start coming up, and like your player stuff coming out of buys, start looking to trade those bench players more because your bench spots are going to start meaning less and less to you as your starters start losing their buys. Because in theory, for example, if you have Alvin Kamara who just came off of a buy and your team, and he just came off a buy, Alvin Kamara in theory should be in your lineup every week from now on until the rest of the season. So your running back room does not need to be as strong as it needed to be in the first six weeks. So look to trade a running back now because, yeah, that depth might be nice in theory, but if you lose Alvin Kamara, you've your your team's already way worse than it was before. So try to upgrade those other positions so make your upside better to kind of guarantee you your your chance of winning on the front end. Because if you lose players on and stuff that you can't control. Um, you're just not going to be able to really get those gains and get those success. So when those players start coming off of buys, start looking to trade the room. So, for example, in my 
West Side League where Kamara just came off a bye. I'm looking to trade most of my running backs that aren't starters because they're never going to play for me. But that's my closing remarks for you guys. Yeah, I I don't know I don't know how much I I I I agree for the most part. Like you definitely don't need like multiple backups at any position that are just mediocre guys. Like if you can trade somebody for an upgrade, for sure do it. For somebody you're gonna actually play, then do that every time. But I'm definitely wary of trading away backups for things that I I, I you gotta make sure you get your value because you never know what'll happen and your backups coming clutch. Uh, for example. Um, I have in our main league, I have three guys on IR. I'm just lost Kareem Hunt and David Montgomery. Um, and I'm now, <laughs> and I also have Chase Edmonds. So I am, I had, and I, I have Jonathan Taylor. So I had four running backs. I thought were good. And now I have one. So, um, yeah, so, you know, anything can happen. So depth isn't the worst thing. So definitely, um, make sure you get good value for it. Don't, don't, yeah. Don't trade anything away that, um, you're going to try not to try not to make yourself too weak at running back um, because you do never know what'll happen. Most running backs miss a week or two throughout the season. So even if you have a guy who's going to be healthy for the most part, it's nice to have somebody to replace him on those weeks that maybe he just doesn't play for a week. Maybe has a, uh, he's banged up or something. So I still think you got to worry about your depth, um, especially running back position where players get hurt all the time. Um, But again, if you can trade somebody for a starter, then do that or an upgrade for a starter, then yeah, do that. But make sure you get good value. Uh, Last thing, defensive streamers. We'll go through them here. Um, Of course, I said New England versus the Jets and the Rams versus Detroit. Those are going to be the best options for you, Uh, but they're probably not available. Those aren't really streamers. But my top streaming options are Arizona versus Houston. Number one, uh, Houston's got a terrible offense. As we know, Arizona's undefeated. Their defenses look strong. Tampa Bay, number two versus Chicago. Um, very similar other than uh, Tampa Bay's defense hasn't looked incredible, but they are one of the best teams, and they've had a solid D against Chicago, who's going to be uh, one of the worst offenses, I think, going forward for the year. But uh, So great streaming option there. Then New Orleans versus Seattle. I uh, expect Seattle to be a little bit better maybe than last week, but expect Geno Smith to have to throw more. And I expect maybe a turnover or two. That'll help boost New Orleans defense. Number four, Carolina at New York, uh, the Giants. Carolina has been a really good defense this year. And, you know, Danny Dimes is uh, someone you want to bet on if you're looking for a turnover. So uh, definitely play them. Uh, Last one, Green Bay versus Washington. Uh, Don't believe in Taylor Heineke as a uh, necessarily the most uh, safe player. I could see him making some turnovers. He likes to run. Um, and uh, Green Bay should dominate, and they should have to have to take some risks on uh, Washington's side. So should be a good game for Green Bay's defense, get some turnovers hopefully, and uh, should get you a good score with a fairly low scoring output from Washington. Um, other than that, just want to uh, remind you to follow us on Twitter at SG Fantasy Show. Uh, send any questions you have. We'll read them on the air if we get some good ones to Sam and Gabby FF at gmail.com. Um, check our Twitter for my, what usually would be the best of the rest, rest starts of the week, which this week will be uh, desperation starts that are available in 55% of leagues or less um, or, or more. 
Um, those are going to be Sam Darnold, J.D. McKissick, Tim Patrick, and Evan Ingram. Um, but other than that, we appreciate you joining us. Best of luck with the Bifoon. And uh, thanks again for take, taking the time to listen to us and have a good one.